I'm Mr. White Christmas, I'm Mr. Snow. I'm Mr. Icicle, I'm Mr. Tenderloin. Friends call me Snow Miser, whatever I touch turns to snow in my clutch. <laughs> I'm too much. Hi, and welcome to Second Rate Film School. I'm Andrew, and today I have a very special guest star, CR. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. And hello, everyone. Yes. Uh, yeah, CR is on record as being one of my favorite YouTubers and half the reason why I have a YouTube channel. So if you like the YouTube channel, you can thank him. And if you hate the YouTube channel, you can blame him. Wouldn't they be frozen solid? Like if you hung anything out in the winter, in, in the, they would just be like sheets. Uh, yeah, no, this um, this movie plays a little fast and loose with physics. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, it's like, <laughs> why is Santa always has a cold? It's like He's, he's wearing sopping drink. wet clothes from the Arctic. Uh, yeah, no, so we're doing 1974's The Year Without a Santa Claus, um, one of the great Rankin-Bass specials, and, you know, I figure who else better have to talk about this with than one of the great YouTubers who does Christmas specials, so click on his oh, channel you. if you haven't already heard of him, um, he's a great guy, and glad to have him on. I haven't done Christmas specials in a while, I'm usually known for Halloween specials, but yeah, this is definitely, I love Rankin-Bass, and this is... This is definitely, I think this is like the peak of their form. Yeah, and looking into the Rankin-Bass filmography, even though there's a lot of other specials like The Easter Bunny's Coming to Town, Jack Frost, um, and, you know, Frosty's Winter Wonderland, and a lot of other ones people like, this, generally speaking, is the last major, major one that the general audience is familiar with on a large scale. It's also set up, I believe they tried to set it up like a musical, like a full, actual full-blown, all of them are musicals, of course. Um, but this is the one with like the real big showstoppers. Like, you know, you got the Miser Brothers, of course, which is, I think, why most people remember this. Yeah. But you also have like, uh, you know, it's going to snow in Dixie, you know, uh, and then I'll have a blue Christmas without you. Yeah, and then, you know. Which existed before this, I think, in just popular culture. and But this one sort of utilized it and really sort of emotional way yeah it's just an... oh, sorry continue no no i was just waiting i did want to step on this this doctor's line when yeah. he says yeah no one cares about you christmas is bunk oh and have a merry christmas i love that he's great and he sets in the entire thing this this is what pushes santa claus over the edge this one it... dicky doctor yeah pretty much just this he's a one curmudgeon um should we talk about the 2006 movie a little bit yeah i think we'll um we'll dip in as it comes appropriate with that and the well, 08 one so um i yeah. just i just want to make sure that one thing that they did it 2006 is really over the top and a little bit obnoxious but they sort of kind of do a better job at saying why santa would call quits because he goes to this big toy expo and they they He's sick of all the like the crappy, dangerous toys or toys that make you buy all this accessories. And then he looks into the human world like Mrs. Claus, who's played by Delta Burke. Oh, and Mrs. Uh, Santa Claus, is John Goodman, who actually yeah. does a great performance. There's like a 10 minute chunk at the very end of that movie that's actually really touching. Oh, yeah. Um, but he like looks through a magic viewing screen. And he hears this garage band going, Santa Claus, you suck. Santa Claus, you suck. And it's just like, 
Yeah, it, it. I think there are things, and we'll get into the equivalent points throughout um, this special with it, but that is one thing I will agree that Santa just being tired for working one day a year, really. I mean, I know Santa's yeah. always doing stuff throughout the year, but these specials usually just show him, like, looking around and checking the list, not much actual labor. It's, yeah. it's like, He's a very whiny Santa in this, um, which is very disappointing that Mickey Rooney came back, because um, this is obviously... Second time he played Santa, first being Santa Claus is coming to town. And it's just oh, very, yeah. very disheartening to me watching. It's like, oh, that lovable Santa that we watched in 1971, you know, when it came out. So only a couple year gap, you know, very quickly became a curmudgeon in the, at least in kids' eyes. Cause, you know, I get it. It's supposed to have been hundreds of years in reality in between those. But yeah, yeah. And he's sick and he just doesn't feel good. Yeah. And he this he hears from this one guy in that in the 2006 one. It, I mean, it butchers everything else. Like, it's it's really like in your face. The Miser Brothers just are horrible in it. Uh, not the actors themselves. They work with their their materials well enough, but um, it's just that the how can I put this? They do a better job at saying why, why Santa would be sick of Christmas because it's all the reasons you'd be sick of Christmas over commercialization, just a lot of rushing around. Um, yeah. And they, they do that very well because it's like, you know, they, he says at one point, John Goodman sandwich, I can only hear him as robo Santa from, um, yeah. Thomas, so I keep expecting. Oh, he did him. do that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so shortly thereafter, um, but yeah, he or sorry, shortly before I should say that. But um, you know, they go in. He's like, well, "What do kids want these days?" And Chris Kattan, who's also in that, making it the most early two thousands thing you could oh, imagine, is yeah, yeah, uh, says like, "You know, oh, they just want more." And it's like that sums up like yeah, the over commercialization um, angle, which you know, you hear a lot in Christmas specials. But I think when what why would Santa give up? It makes sense to do that. I've angle. never seen that. Is this something? Have I only ever remember, remember the TV edit from a while back? I don't remember all the elves doing their their thing with the the wit boot, boot testing and the and the cowboy suit. I only remember jingle and jangle. Uh, potentially, I mean, it, it's literally just that. I don't think we see any more elves throughout it, so they're just. Well, saying, I guess oh, they my do. God. Yeah, yeah, they would cut things to make it for the TV edit. I've they've run these things so often that it's like. Yeah, because this is about 50 minutes, so when you look at having to squeeze commercials in as more and more commercial breaks come on each year, you know, you got to cut something. I know you said that they had, like, they, they've got, like, DVD sets, and they've always put it on V8, because, it, what, Warner Brothers owns this now? Yeah, Warner Brothers owns So they're perpetually everything. releasing this? Yeah, they own 74 on in the Rankin Bass. Yeah. Well, I you know, I always figured, why bother? I'm... I will always, yeah, you see, I don't quite remember this either with, yeah. with Mrs. Claus thinking about taking over. Yeah. This is, is this, a, yeah, this is a song. Yeah. This huh. is her singing, you know, anyone can be Santa Claus and it's a nice song. And, you know, Shirley yeah. Booth who plays Mrs. Claus, which that's the really baffling thing with the um, 2006 version is um, Delta Burke. Yeah, Delta Burke is barely in it, you know, and this is actually one of the few times where the narrator of a Rankin Bass special is actually involved in the plot. You know, Snowman Sam, um, 
uh, Fred Astaire, I'm blanking his name from right. Year Without Santa Claus, they're all on the outside. Yeah. You know, but she, Mrs. Claus is obviously here affecting the story. So yeah, that and was this a very is a weird decision. In a weird way, this is her story. She's trying to help her husband and she does all the footwork, uh, organizing Jingle and Jangle to go to, uh, what, what was it? Something Summer South Junction? South Town. South Town. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go to South Town and then uh, communicating with the between the Miser brothers and then even getting uh, Mother Nature involved. So this is, yeah, this is kind of like her story about trying to trying to make sure Christmas is running smoothly. But I, yeah. I guess this would be one of the things that was cut. I always remember it just being jingle and jangle walking in on her as Santa and then she being a little, her being a little embarrassed and then just kind of, yeah, this part. Yeah. I think this is where it picks up from the TV cut. Yeah. I can't really recall. Um, Cause I don't come at me FBI, but I downloaded um, a version off of YouTube years ago. So I, that's the one I've always remembered with this, but yeah, I can't remember. And it would make sense. Stuff's cut. Like me and my mom were watching Rudolph um, the other night and she's like, I don't remember seeing this where, you know, Yukon gets the peppermint mind because the TV edit has to cut that out because, um, you know, they <laughs> added in the part where they find the Island of Misfit Toys, like and Santa takes them right, in the original. Right. So for decades, you know, people didn't see that until they also added at the end where Santa drops off all the, the misfit toys yes. or the elves. There's that infamous thing about the, the bird that can't fly. And he's tossed off too, without an umbrella. Yeah. Um, I guess I should point out that um, I learned a lot about Rankin Bass from last year from uh Quentin reviews. He did the strangest rank of bass videos yeah, with worthy kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I guess we should point out that other than Rankin and bass, uh, we should also thank, uh, Takata Hiko. Mo, mo, pardon me. What is this? Tata Hiko Moko. Nada. Moko Nada. Um, who was sort of the third, director of Rankin Bass. He did all the stuff overseas in Japan because this is Japanese animation. Yeah. And actually he's sort of the he's not the first stop motion animator, but he's sort of the founder of the Rankin Bass style. They hired him. I think we just saw the credits earlier and Bass was a lyricist. Yeah, him and so, Jules Murray, I believe is how you say Yeah. It. So it's not stuff. like they it's not like they were like you know, not good producers. They they sort of did all the songs we remember from these old, old movies. Yeah. Well, and that actually brings me into this point that um, of the major, major Rankin-Bass specials we all remember from growing up, this is the only one where their completely original songs eclipse anything non-original. Like, yeah, we all remember One Foot in Front of the Other or, you know... Um, you know, Island of Misfit Toys and Why Am I Such a Misfit from Rudolph and that. Yeah. But, like, you remember the mainstay song of Rudolph and Santa Claus is Coming to Town versus here. Right. You remember the Miser Brothers, mostly. And that's, you know, as we'll get into Wait. their section. Yeah. You know, right. Rudolph was invented by Sears, right? I believe so. Yeah. It was yeah. They, they, it was a pamphlet, a poem that they gave out to kids. And apparently it was so popular that it just that someone wrote a song about it. And then from there on, it just snowballed. Yeah. <laughs> C 
capitalism is great sometimes. We get Rudolph and like that and the modern depiction of Santa. Well, I was going to say, who? no no one really owns Rudolph now. I mean, there's this one Rankin-Bass depiction that if you if you said, if you drew it a certain way, I think someone would say, say something. But... Um, I actually think the, because the copyright for Rudolph is super screwed up because when they did it, they they messed up the copyright at the beginning of the right, credits and it's right. like 1564 or whatever like that. Like they put the wrong Roman numeral. So a lot of times when you see these depictions where it's blatantly supposed to be the Rankin Bass Rudolph, I think they're kind of like just unofficial and like universal who owns that part of the Rankin Bass library, you know, is trying to crush those as best as they can. So but it's see, hard it's because yeah. you think you, they screwed it up. I was going to yeah. say that, but I was going to say, is Rudolph just, ah, there he is. Yeah. Uh, there's one of them. Yeah, Dick Sean, who um famous for playing LSD and the producers, um, and Sylvester and It's a Mad Mad World, and, um, oh, crap, I don't have my, my note for him, um, um, Irving something, who plays the Heat Miser, who's a big Broadway guy. Both are just great in this. Yeah, yeah, and there's also uh, uh, George S. Ivory, who... Sorry, yeah, Ivory, yeah. Who actually, I, I guess we should also talk about the Miser Brothers Christmas, another sort of trying to capitalize on on this special later on. Um, I think it was a, like a Fox family. I believe a, so. A Disney family thing. It was basically just Santa gets sick again. And then the Miser Brothers have to help take over. Uh, or no, no, no. They wreck, they wreck the shop. Or something. Some, the North Wind does something. And Santa's shop is wrecked, and so they have to step in and make all the toys. Yeah, I can um, barely remember. I've only watched it, like, the one time when it aired and didn't care for it that much. I will say, looking up what little clips I can find without paying for it, because I yeah. refuse to pay for it, the style does look good. Like, if you look at just a still image, it looks pretty spot on but like uh, when you watch it in motion it's like oh this does not yeah like i believe also back in that uh that video i was mentioning the strangest uh quentin and worthy kids say how it's it's there's there's these studios that pop up and they're they just their whole thing is just producing the the still animation for one uh christmas special that that shows have because they're banking on nostalgia and they never quite get it right um, especially the mouths. Yeah. And, and he, he says, like, look there, that the policeman. It's so simple. You got the mustache hiding everything and it's replacement mouths for for whatever emotion he needs to make. Exactly. And you do most of it with the eyes. And um, it's yeah, the eyebrows do a lot of the lifting with yeah. with the emotions. Yeah, no, it, they, they were the kings at figuring this out very quick. I mean, you look at Rudolph, how early on in their careers that was, and it's like, that's pretty damn good for, you know, almost 60 years at this point. Yeah, and then, of course, I we I guess we should talk about, like, a little bit about the technique developing over the years with, like, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and um, there's Nightmare Before Christmas, which of course was a Burton uh, Burton Selleck joint, and then they split up, and then the two different styles really diverged from there. With Burton using these weird mechanical puppets that have this sort of same perma smile, 
they've got gears inside of them that you take a special key and you can open and shut the mouths and kind of tweak the cheeks a little bit. Um, but they, they don't have too much of a range of emotion more so than these. Yeah. And it's like, well, you, you just kind of barely there. And then you have uh Celex replacement animation where you have to like make 200 heads for a character in order for them to have their, their proper range of emotions. And then this one, it's, it's simple. It's mouth replacement. The eyebrows do most of the thing and you do a lot of talking with your hands. Exactly. And I, I just love like, look at that. Look at that. Just that the little wave is like, I'm done. I'm tired. You know, would you get all of it just from that? Yeah. Now that they, they're great with that. And I love just seeing, like you said, with the two of them, like, the differing styles. Um, I love um, what was on Kablam Life with Lupe, where oh yeah, yeah, where it's like they're metal figures, where like kind of like cut out metals, and like then they have like the paper mouths and they move, and it's just like it's a really quirky style that I really haven't seen anywhere else, and I would love to see that potentially like make a comeback. And same thing like with Angela Anaconda, you know, just pretty much paper bodies and old black and white pick faces you ever um, hear like so. what the phantom hunters or the phantom cops or something the the people who did um the people who did oh what's the the nickelodeon thing you just said it life with loop it could blam life with loopy i for some reason yeah. anaconda just just took okay. over everything in my brain there uh but they did a show for wb it's where they're like ghost hunters or something it only ran for like a very short time. I don't even think the full series aired. That's the way it always is, unfortunately. Yeah. The coolest stuff. Now you see this kid with the buck teeth. He doesn't have eyebrows. So it's just kind of like he's got this permanent smile. A lot of these kids, well, where are their eyebrows? <laughs> they had to shave them off because it's in the South, I guess. I don't know. I guess so. No, I'll agree. And like... The kid to me always every time I watch this, I always think of um, the fairly odd parents movie Channel Chasers when they would draw Timmy in the different animation styles. And right. He's got like, Yeah, the, this kid would be it. Yeah, like this like if they did the rank and best thing, that's how they would look to like emulate the style of it, but not go through a ton of every Christmas season to be like this style for like 30 seconds and nickelodeon won't let you do like a yeah exactly thing. But, um, but like i like i was saying look he's got no eyebrows so you can't really tell what his emotion is it the style works better with beards and mustaches because yeah. then you can hide what you're replacing and the mouth doesn't really need to be that perma smile well and i wonder if that's why they ended up doing frosty in like traditional 2d animation it's like oh we're gonna have a shit ton of kids here that are carrying the plot um, I don't exactly know why they shifted over to 2D animation at yeah. some point, um, other than it just looks nice. Oh, we should talk about how I don't have I, I, I got notes for everything, except I didn't bother to get this one. Um, there's an illustrationist from Mad Magazine who who did a lot of the designs. In fact, he designed, I know he famously Snow Miser and uh, Heat Miser. And also did all the designs for Mad Mad Monster Party. Really? Yeah, and uh, they ended up utilizing a lot of his work for for a lot of those 2D um, Rankin Bass shows. I'm looking it up. Um, yeah, just look at character Peter, designer. Paul Coker Jr. Paul Coker I, Jr. And then, or 
Yeah. And Rick Goldschmidt also comes up when I look him up. Um, there's a lot of overlapping styles yeah. for, for that run, the sort of 70s run of the, the Rankin-Bass stuff. I knew this. that made me uh, – why I knew there was a connection why I was thinking of moral bankruptcy of American youth in the 70s. It's connected to Mad Magazine. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. God, I love vintage Mad Magazine. It's great. I'm like, I don't get all these references to Nixon exactly, but I know it's funny. Uh, yeah oh this uh, is a good song too yeah when this is actually a very interesting um moment for this special which this is um one other thing i think think the 06 remake did a little better where um to a certain extent one i do like the fact that it the kid doesn't believe in santa claus here but his parents do that's a very interesting Mm -hmm. turn on the usual trope of no one believes in santa claus which i've never liked because it's like okay well where the gifts show up then but um this special is very weird because santa claus is publicized from around the world as i'm not doing it this year so it's very confusing so it's like yeah that is weird but a lot of people don't believe in him um i suppose you could say hey with COVID, it's like hey you know everyone knows about but there are people who don't believe it but whatever um but in the 06 version no one knows how it's just the idea is santa claus just isn't going to come that night and the no. next morning people are going to be like hey wait what happened so he's yeah. not known to the world per se they kind of skirt the issue in the 06 version of and this is the, the mo- come from yeah this is sort of the moment where it's just really tugs in my heart yeah where the father says um before terry pratchett even wrote the hog father where he says you know, we believe in Santa because it helps us. It, the right, the rising ape meets the fallen angel. This is sort of like, what what is happiness but dreams until they all come true? It's like, well, you believe in little things, and you you try to make them true, and you know. Yeah, it it really captures the spirit of Christmas and belief in the Santa mythos. I think. Better than most things, I think um, yeah. the only other thing that I can think of is probably, like, the Polar Express, you know, the whole, you know, like, you have to believe in it to hear it, the bell and all that. Right. Um, and that's the thing that's really a shame with the 06 version cutting out all the other songs of the Miser Brothers, because it's like, this would have been a great, you know, lesson to teach kids in there that, and it would have really, you know, tied in the consumerist angle Right. Well, that they could have done, though, Santa Claus, whatever. He's, he just, you know, yeah, a few years later, they came and said, hey, he's like the Amazon wish list delivery driver and yeah. all that type cynical thing that they see Santa just for Yeah, toys. they could have played it up and yeah. being like, you know, Santa is an actual celebrity. He exists in this world um, like he does here. So you're right. I never thought about that. I never thought about the disconnect between kids not believing in Santa Claus and people actually reporting on Santa Claus. I thought that was just sort of a, I don't know. Yeah, because you... the Rankin Bass specials have all, all, most of them have the conceit of this is us telling you a story that's already happened. And there's like the newspapers at the beginning of Rudolph. And yeah, it ex- this exists in the real world. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you hear about like NORAD tracking Santa as a yeah. kid. You're like, oh, the parents are all like everyone. Like this is just a matter of fact for everyone to deal with. He's he's just a guy. Um, yeah. I also want to say with the design for Vixen, I love this design for the reindeer because 
there could have been just the temptation just to you know redo the Rudolph design. You know, this is just Rudolph with a black nose or any of the other child yeah. reindeers. But it's a very unique design, and you know, I like the joke where they're like, "Oh, well, Rudolph is, or the, the vixen is." They're just pretending he's a dog by putting socks on his head. And it's like oh, he yeah. does kind of look a little more dog-like in um, this design. And it's very adorable, and I'd love to see merchandise for him. I was going to say, they probably redesigned the reindeer to look a little bit more dog-like so they can get away with that. Versus the 06 one. Like, it's my dog. It's like, that is very clearly a reindeer. That's, that's no, you. it's got hard, a single hard hoof <laughs> at the end of its leg. Yeah, it's like, no, I don't know what dogs use. Wait, are they, hmm, are they like horses or are they like cows? I think they're like horse, almost like horse feet, right? I don't, I don't know. I've never seen a huh real reindeer, and I, I don't hunt to like see regular deer. No, I got to look that up, but I can't. I, I know it's there's a difference. Um, but yes, we haven't even gotten to the misers yet. That's weird. Yeah, you get the um, brief glimpse of them when they cause um, jingle and jangle to get diverted, which is like weird. I guess they had to set them up as like. Well, yeah, they have to they, set. They, they but, don't. Do much to like uh, they still just land in the town they're going to. Yeah, in 2006 version, they don't. They show up real early and they sing their song to almost get it out of the way. That's what's so surprising to me that you know we're two years at that point removed from, or two years away, I should say, from them getting their own special. They're obviously the most iconic part of the original. The song mm-hmm. is huge. That's like the, you don't hear any of the other songs um, like on the radio at Christmas time, except for the Miser Brothers songs. And it's just like, yeah, very weird. They get it out of the way as quickly as possible. And I'm like, oh, they're going to do like a reprise. Like every time they show yeah. up, they're going to do it. But no, it. the next time they show up was in like a boxing match. Yeah. They only and get also, a, a, just a little more screen time, really. They don't get a lot more than I would have imagined. And another problem with the 2006 version is that it kind of takes away most of the onus away from Mrs. Claus. I don't know if they just couldn't get Delta Burke to to do a lot of shooting because there's a bunch of stuff with him, uh, with her uh, and Goodman. And then at the tail end, but she doesn't really, like really travel to like the Miser brothers. Yeah. She doesn't travel to. She's just on sound stages in like the North pole really. And that's. Yeah. I, I, that may have been a scheduling difference or, or a situation with that, but it, it kind of takes the story away from her and jingle and jangle. Yeah. And then Santa really does a lot of the, a lot of the, the footwork, yeah. which I don't know how I feel now that you've said, you've pointed out that Santa really is the one that's just kind of like given is has a defeatist attitude in this. I don't know how I feel about him sort of going back into in the town and talking about that's the that's a twenty minute chunk that I was like, oh, this is actually really charming because yeah, it, John Goodman as Santa, he he's like holds out his hat and then someone puts money in it because they think he's like a street corner Santa. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he goes to actually give money to a street corner Santa. He says, you know, a lot of the kids at the orphanage are waiting for you, you know, jokingly. And that sort of re-sparks his, you know, his, yeah. his, his heart. Oh, look, Charlie Chaplin in the corner. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a very bizarre thing. Cause it's like, they change up his motive, which, like we said, we like better than in this, where he's just kind of like a defeatist attitude for a defeatist attitude thing, where he's, you know, got reason to actually think people don't want Christmas, and he has to see that the Christmas spirit is still in play. So I think that handles it very well, 
with okay he's going around he's still you know he's still a nice person he's gonna he's not gonna keep the money he's going to try and give it to the homeless you know and um iggy's mom is like well you never gave me a bike as a kid ha 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 you know he like goes into yeah. an emotional reason why he did and how he tried no no the kids. yeah the and safety very... reason it's just you no, you that bike was way too big for you yeah it's, it's i gave very... you a yeah it's a very good moment and john goodman's great and it. it's just it almost feels like it's a different santa story that they wanted to do that like they're like we're going to completely rework the theming yeah. and the story of this you know special and just keep the bare bones of there's two elves named jingle and jangle and then there's the miser brothers and because i mean the stuff with sparky the elf trying to take over christmas is yeah like, that's a different movie. whole different thing that's chris Catan yeah, trying to be super santa and whatnot they're shoehorning a lot of different elements in and i get it i mean that's without commercials as an hour and a half like they could have in theory released that into theaters if they wanted to uh it was there was a few it, it had a lot of high production yeah it, i, I mean, remember that, but there was also a little bit parts where the it was a little bit of low production yeah. um it was it was released at the time probably when when studios realized, oh, we have all this technology, but it's not quite good enough for theaters. Yeah. So um, I don't know how I feel about stuff like that. On yeah. the one hand, I feel like you could have just a little bit more extra work. You could have made your own original thing. And everyone would have been like, everyone would have remembered it as that one movie with John Goodman was played that really good Santa instead of that remake that didn't do this, 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 and this. Yeah, it's it's a little baffling, and um, yeah, no, I mean, I've only watched it two or three times, one of which was preparing for this, and one of which is when it originally aired, um, and yeah, it, it's it's a, just a very perplexing thing that the NBC universe doesn't give a crap about it, that it's just, you know, tons of versions of it up on YouTube, just whole cloth, not the weird thing like, oh, we're gonna play it in reverse, or we're gonna, you know, mirror the image, it's like, no, it's just up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's weird to find the Miser Brothers special. Yeah, which um, I know I've watched that one on a couple of times. Yeah, it's 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 baffling. Like sometimes when these companies um don't care, so it's like you know I'm planning yeah. on doing a Pete and Pete retrospective. Keep keep in uh, keep tuned for that. And it's like the entire series is just on YouTube. It's like and Viacom is like notoriously strict with their stuff. Like when I put up my commercial compilations. If I've had the closing credits of a show where the announcer is talking over it, they can still hear it enough that they flag my video. So it's just like weird how Viacom's like, nah, we're not even going to attempt to take down Pete and Pete. They're just right. like, nah. But, yeah, um, it's weird about what they target and what they don't target. So, um, they the may case. not own all of Pete and Pete. Sometimes when you have Canadian production crews, they get a piece, or Canadian studios, they get a say in it too. That could be it. And I, um, again link below for the crybaby lane video i did when i um interviewed the people who made that they worked on pete and pete they do mention that the reason season three never came out on dvd was music licensing issues with the band so oh yeah be a issue with that that they're like we're not going to pay for it again for digital streaming so right i don't know but now we're at the iconic snow miser song um, and you can definitely see that sort of like i was saying mad magazine influence yeah with just the eyes and the I mean, that just looks like one of his, the, a character, a caricature you'd see in Mad Magazine with the oversized jaw and the, the nose. 
Yeah, they did their Mad Magazine parody um, before it even came out. Like it's like they were just drawing it, just looking like this for him. But um, no, this is just a great song. Got it's not, I love like the little versions of him. I know in the '06 one they have you know they have, like oh we have to have beautiful women around. Yeah, them. that one was weird. It's like Santa Claus. It's like the movie was like pointing out about like over commercialization, over sort of sexualization. There was these these little goth dolls. And they were basically like brats. Yeah, that was the um, shot at brats dolls. Yeah, um, and it's like it, the movie it's, was making fun of that, and then it it like almost supported that with the Miser Brothers being surrounded by like Vegas showgirls, which maybe that's what they were going for, like Vegas vibe. But I don't. I don't think there was nothing else depicting that. Yeah, I don't know. It, that could just be a little bit of corporate America in an, in on the joke enough that they are going to make it. But then, you know, it's, not it's being like wise enough to avoid. I mean, it's like with the boys on Amazon. Like, it's a really great critique of, you know, corporate America taking over every facet of our lives. But it's made by Amazon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael McKean was Snow Miser in the 2006, and Harvey Firestein was Heat Miser. Yeah, very appropriate. Yeah, exactly. But this guy is Dick Shaw. Yeah. Yeah, as like I said, he... Which I believe... Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, best known for the producers. He plays Hitler in the um, Mm -hmm. original one, and then um, I know him best as Sylvester from It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect casting. Um... I believe he unfortunately passed away before the 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 Miser Brothers Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, so he had to be replaced. Although uh, Irving was able to stick around, and he he does a great sort of reprise of uh, the Heat Miser song that we'll see right now. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, sad because Shirley Booth had also passed away. I think this was her last actual acting role. and um, But Mickey Rooney was able to come back and play Santa one more time. And that's Oh, yeah, and that one. He did, didn't he? Yeah, because, I mean, it, he did a lot of acting, like, up till practically the last moment. Um, I will forever love um, Phantom of the Megaplex, that Disney Channel Halloween movie. Um, tip for the Halloween list for next year. That's a great one. Um, and he gives like a beautiful speech about the power and love of movies. So always great to have Mickey Rooney around. And he's just eating cotton balls and he's probably got a, a little lamp in his head right there. Yeah. Um, no, there's, God, that is a good effect. Yeah. It's it the simple, the most simplistic things in these is um, very admirable and i love the way they look um on the set that i have that has um rudolph frosty and santa claus is coming to town there's a great special on the rudolph dvd where they talk about like restoring the rudolph and santa puppets and i would love to like see like i I know all these are probably long gone now because no one thought to save them but i would love to know like how a lot of these were built um yeah yeah, we have to go digging through a landfill somewhere, either in like near or Tokyo someone's or attic. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's a Japanese animator who took one of them home at the end of a shoot, and he's still got it. Yeah, or well, they've I mean, still got it. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's literally what happened with the Rudolph ones. I think they said they flew them back to like New York for publicity photos, and then like, okay, cool, we're done, and then they just threw them away. And like some secretary is like, oh, I'm gonna take take a few of these home from like my Halloween or my Christmas decorations. And just, yeah, 
you know, had a priceless thing that no one cared, cared about in the early 60s. So now he seems so friendly, you know, color coding and, and his evil eyebrows, which never change or his angry eyebrows. Um, but he seemed so friendly just by that little uh, the, the making little slots in his eyes. Um, you know, you, you grow up as a kid and you think, oh, he's the villain. But no, he's just he's just as he's just the opposite of his brother. Yeah, well, and that's a great line in the 06 version um, when, you know, and it's partially lifted from this one where he says, oh, you, you always like my brother more, which, yeah, I mean, it, it would seem like, yeah, you're on the side of my brother because of the snow and all that. And John Goodman says, no, to be quite honest, I dislike both of you equally. Yeah, so, that's that is one thing. Yeah, and it, it's great. Um, their dynamic is great. And that's um, I would have I, I'm very surprised that they didn't do that more in the 06 version. Like, you know, they couldn't have known they would have been s- such a hit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so weird, especially like, when you, you think... get Michael McKean and Harvey Firestein. It's like those are names like you, you feel like you would have used them a little bit more. Exactly. And mostly when you think of this movie, it's like you think you're looking at it now in retrospect. This is more of like a Mrs. Claus movie where she goes on this quest in order to sort of help Santa. Um, And like I said, the 2006 version sort of took, she's not in it a lot. It's more Santa taking over. Um, But people remember this for Heat Miser and Snow Miser. Yeah, it's it's very um, just interesting how like, quickly iconic they became. And I'm sure accidentally, you know, this would be the equivalent if, um, you know, the oh crap what's the um winter beast or like whatever he's called and um santa claus is coming to town voiced by right. um, the keenan win or whatever where um yeah like if he became the big thing he was an obstacle at the beginning and then just kind of like a fuddy-duddy fun guy for the rest of it definitely not supposed to be the focus and same thing with these guys uh eh, they're kind of villainous they're kooky and all that but damn they had a catchy song that caught on pretty big now i wonder is this did they just have footage playing over this or did they actually I, sometimes they'll use like the um king kong method where they i believe like there's a an actor in king kong but it's just actually a series of printed images that they rotated through while they're fighting a spider or something it's like in the corner yeah, that's um, Anne is um, yeah in the corner, and they filmed her, and then just like yeah, literally stop motioned a live person. I think that's probably the case where they animated it, and then just printed the cells a little bit larger to be in it because it doesn't look like they're in the physical same set. Like it doesn't look like they just got a slightly scaled up version of the heat miser, or just put them really close. To right, the I was gonna say they probably wouldn't have green screen at this point. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking it was probably like that where they shot their respective phone sides a little earlier and yeah frame by frame put them in there um but no yeah going back to your points like the main character in this is um you know definitely mrs claus which again you know that's you know you didn't see that with the um announcers being the main characters now yeah did they sell frosty on jimmy durandy being it did they sell rudolph being you know irving berlin and you mm-hmm. know, x y and z and fred astaire yeah, they definitely would have sold this with Shirley Booth and Mickey Rooney, but like they're not, you know, she's the main character actually involved in the plot now, which is again something very unique and very disappointing that the 06 version, as much as I love John Goodman Santa, I wish we could have um, 
had a Mrs. Claus story because you don't see that often. Right. I was going to say, is this just Mrs. Claus with a big nose? Is that the same model? Or wider, wider cheeks? She's got wider yeah, cheeks. The, a little bit. Yeah, she's definitely got more build in her in her cheeks. Yeah, but uh, I, I do wonder sometimes how often they reuse these um, assets. And it's like this when they do the Snow and um, Heat Miser songs, when they have the little versions of them, and they're in exact sync with them. I'm like, did they just film that on a blue screen? And then put the background on the back and just like shrink those, you know, shrink it down that it's literally the same snow miser, same heat miser. And they just like, you know, the 1970s equivalent of copy and paste it on the film strip. And you see, heat miser has the same sort of scowl or his eyebrows are always down, but he, there you got a lot of emotion out of him. Just having that weird little, uh, you know, overbite lip and the kind of the slot in his eyes to be friendly. Um, you managed to get like an entirely different emotion out of that yeah. puppet. I'm looking at the snow miser, man. It almost looks like they wanted this originally to go to like Dick Van Dyke to be the, um, <laughs> the guy They're like, Oh, it's very Dick Van Dyke. Uh, it's very reminiscent of him, isn't it? Yeah, like almost like they like initially were like, oh, we're gonna get Dick Van Dyke. Oh shit, he didn't want to do it. Well, we already created the puppet. Um, whatever. Well, it's very good opposites. You got one has a long nose, one has a short round nose, one is short with a round face, and you got the. It's just it's just a fantastic design. Yeah, I mean it's very much like you know the classic comedians of yesteryear you know uh-huh. laurel and hardy ab costello and all that design um yeah, i love he brings vixen into his apparently his bedroom unless his own upstairs. bedroom and then make, make sure that he's okay um and then puts i was going to say that the ice is just moving ever so slightly and it even slid down his head that was a good touch yeah it's the little things that we did not notice as kids but now as adults watching entertainment for children um, looking at it way too in depth maybe but well, no, knowing it. all the work that goes yeah. into it now. Yeah, and then this is nice where um, the main aspect of the movie is not solved by the snow. That's a very interesting thing rewatching this, that him getting into snow in Southtown doesn't make him decide, oh, I'm going to become Santa Claus again. It's like, okay, that just solves the problem we are currently in right now. Well, yeah, I and mean, then, Mrs. You know, Claus wants to... Um, what how i forget how did this all go about the jingle and jangle want them to like have a national holiday for for santa a holiday for him and he's gonna come through with that even though he's a mayor not a senator yes and and then mayors aren't like really known for being super chummy with other mayors in other cities yeah it's very weird because they could could have just said it's in the snow in the entire state um, and all that, or this fictional country, like they did with, you know, Santa Claus is coming to yeah. the fictional country. Um, but yeah, and they don't even say, oh, just the entire South US. It's just yeah. one small town and one small part. And also, giving the setting and design of their clothing, this being, I guess, turn of the century is what most people say late 1800s, early 1900s. Man, that information got around pretty quickly. In reality, it should just be barely getting up to like Washington, D.C. in time for Christmas, and Christmas is still ruined right that's my cynic heart uh but no this is a nice moment though where we solved that crisis with getting the day off for santa but he still doesn't care that much but then getting all the 
children of the world looking like they're about to um, go into um you know it's a small world doing yeah exactly it's very much like they're not too egregious but they're just borderlining on sort of racist caricature they're not like santa versus the devil levels right here it was the um, early 70s. This was progressive, I think, at the time, unfortunately. Yeah, the little Dutch boy wouldn't be dressed like a little Dutch boy. And, you know, I, well, who knows? I mean, I mean, the Russian kid probably would be dressed in that because they're freaking Yeah, it's freaking cold. And, uh, but yeah, everyone yeah. else is dressed like the stereotypical. But this is sweet. This is like the kids getting together. Very reminiscent of that little Audrey cartoon. Yeah. Where all the kids sneak in. Um, santa's house and then like want to make sure that he's taken care of this is like very much like the kids aren't disappointed that they're they won't receive any presents they're actually like oh you know except for this one little girl who ruined everything well it's very weird because you know mrs claus says and i have it written down here that um she says they those children had more fun that strange december you know, than ever before where, you know, and it's supposed to be, oh, the gift of giving to others. They want to give Santa the day off. Um, It's like, oh, that's an interesting thing to go. And then we immediately pivot into, I'm going to have a blue Christmas without you. And well, since there's unless, other kids singing, there's other kids involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless she just likes the idea of, of, you know, of Santa coming and traveling and being in her house. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a little odd. Yeah, it would. It it, it it he should just kind of be like, um, again, the 2006 sort of did it a little better. Where uh, John Candy, he he's he sort of walks on the street, and um, you know, people are being really friendly to him, and people are really getting into the spirit of Christmas. Not not in a really commercialized way, but in just kind of like a just you know, like peace and com- camaraderie and, and giving to others. And that one Christmas, um, that one sidewalk Christmas as uh, Santa Claus, who was just like, Oh, the, you know, the kids are looking forward to your visit. And he did it as a joke, but he realized that, Oh, wow. Kids really are, are depending on me. Yeah. A lot of kids do want Xboxes and a bunch of electronic Bratz dolls and all that. Well, no, he the says the kids at there. the, he oh, said yeah. the kids at the orphanage. Yeah. Which meant that he's sort of like, oh, yeah. There are underprivileged children that need yeah. this. And it's not completely lost. It, it, like I said, it's or like we both said, the 06 one is a very mixed bag. Yes, I don't think very anyone's mixed. ever going to look back on that one and said, oh, you know, it's a lot better. You know, we're intellectually looking at it um, that like the, these small parts are slightly better. But um, I was going to go into this like saying, oh, well, well, this is why this one's so good. This one's so great. Um, but you know, you pointing out of certain things and that little girl at the end who kind of just like, was like, he's the one outsider of all these kids giving Santa all these gifts. It's like, oh, this one's got a little, this one's a little clunky too. Yeah. But, um, you know, they, they have their charm at least like, so this one survives on its charm of the design. Oh, I still think this one's the superior one. Yeah. Of course. that's what it has going for it, that there are, you know, problems. But then, you know, there's problems with all the Rankin Bass and all holiday specials, if you really get down, because they're making this really quickly. It's, you know, 
very short, you know, they don't have a lot of time to like flush stuff out or sorry, flush stuff out that, you know, yeah. of course you got to skim over and this is meant for grade schoolers. So you do have to be a little simple, but the charm of it still makes it the far better version and why, you know, all these years yeah. later, people still care about and it. the music. Yeah. The music is still, like I said, uh, Rankin Bass were producers, and even though, uh, even though the gentleman who I, I mentioned before, let me, uh, uh, Takahito, who, who's the director, he probably he most likely directed this, or I think this is the time when he may have stepped down. I don't know, but you got a lot of talented Japanese animators doing some fantastic work to make all this happen. Uh, but it's not like Rankin Bass were were schlubs. They still wrote these really fantastic songs. Yeah. Now I, I would love to see like a company do like a really nice vinyl release of like high quality of all of these songs. Like if possible, like, I don't know like what their status is on like the negatives and original tracks of a lot of them. But man, I would buy that shit up and force my friends to listen to that at Christmas parties every year. Well, it's like I said, um, I never bothered to actually buy the Christmas special. All these, all those scenes at the beginning, I noticed that there was a lot of stuff from the beginning cut. Um, and I never bothered to buy it because who's going to stop airing these uh, on TV? But actually, I realized I haven't actually watched TV in about maybe, oh man, seven years. So, yeah, maybe I should think about getting some physical copies to have. It's always great. And, I mean, that was the thing. I grew up with my mom just taped a lot of these off TV. Like, we had Christmas VHS. And it's, you know, obviously not great quality. And then I upgraded, you know, five years ago to be like, okay, I want to actually own Frosty and Rudolph, like, in good quality. And it's like every year I watch, I'm like, oh, my God, the audio is clear on it. You know, the picture is crisp. And it's like, yeah, I don't remember some of these clips and all that. Um, I mean, famously, we taped um, Muppet Family Christmas, and she forgot to tape the first five minutes of it. So when I found someone ripped it up onto YouTube, like the full version, I'm like, oh, there's like another song at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird how you sort of you remember things or you didn't even know that they existed. Um, Uh, And then this is great. This is very similar to the ending of you're without a Santa Claus or sorry, um, Santa Claus is coming to town, him flying. Yeah. It's always that same shot of the moon and the reindeer slide, uh, sled ride. Uh, Robert McFadden. Where have I heard that before? Yeah. I don't know either. Um, the wee winter singers. That must've been the kids choir. Yeah. It's probably them. They probably got a choir to come in. And, um, so yeah, there you go. Paul Kirker Jr. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking, finally paying attention to the names because I'm used to, like, on the old versions when I've taped off the TV, you know, I'm just right. squeezed to the side. Yeah, here we go. Here's here's your your Japanese animator or the directors. Um, Memory laws. Yeah, so, no, and that was it. Um, if, if you want to talk for a little bit more, I'm sure people would like listening to us. Oh, yeah. Well, lo- this, this logo is classic. Yeah, I love that. Um, and, and it's very sad, Rankin Bass. I mean, I know both of them are dead, but, like, as a company um no longer exists you know there's a um part of me that's like god i wish even if it was cgi that they still could have stuck around like you know doing christmas specials uh, right they, right they i other think other specials too you know oh yeah yeah they did all sorts of stuff they did um you know there's peter cottontail 
there's the Easter bunnies coming to town. Um, Which that you, was a Mandela effect for me. Cause I'm like, God, I really remember like, you know, Fred Astaire from um, Santa Claus is coming to town being in this one. And what mainly caused it for me was our taping of whichever one, uh, Peter Cottontail, um, when they aired on the Disney Channel, like in the 80s, they screwed up and called it the other one. So when I'm like uh, looking at years later, I'm like looking it up. I'm like, none of this lines up with what I remember. <laughs> so that was exactly. like a Mandela and, effect. And then, of course, you got the Mad Mad Monster Party, which is one of my personal favorites. Yeah. Um, which actually like really plays with sort of the Mad Magazine designs in that one. Uh, Croker, Croker's work. Yeah. I got to look up more of his stuff. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, Ranger Bass, I think they dissolved in the, after the, it's either the 90s or the 80s. Yeah, I want to um, say they made it to mid 80s. And I mean, that's the thing, like, even though, like, you see people loving, like, the other, like, stuff, like, post this and all that, this is really the last one that I think people, your yeah. average person will know. I mean, people are like, oh, yeah, I remember Rudolph's, like, new year and the peter cottontail specials but most people focus on like the mid 60s through yeah the christmas stuff um and they also tried to do mainline stuff with like was they tried to do a coneheads pilot they tried to do they did a lot of stuff with comedians there was an animated special about comedians which was almost like them animating to a lot of their stand-up acts Oh, that's um, yeah. This was like maybe the 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 sixties. No, no, it had to be like the seventies because it was too early for the eighties because they were doing like Sammy Davis Jr. and and stuff like that. Um, I was going to say that the last thing that I think they ever worked or had Rankin Bass's name on it was a special produced by Coca Cola um, called Santa Baby. Yep. And that was aired on, I think, UPN in my neck of the woods. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember where I saw that. Yeah, the I'm looking at their filmography now. The last quote-unquote before they truly dissolved was in 1987 when they did an adaptation of The Wind in the Willows, and that was animation. Like uh-huh. animation. Well, Santa Baby was also animated. Yeah, so um, the last stop-motion thing they did was... Um, the life and adventure of santa claus in 1985 Ooh, that's that's a favorite of mine i i included that on the list yeah i love the um and i can't find it for the life of me i found like the first 20 minutes one time but they did a um 2d animated version in like 2001 like they redid it and i cannot find it and it was on cartoon network for years yeah i i they always ran that a lot a lot on uh cartoon network and i think disney channel for a little while yeah Um, and it it was a classic for like my generation i'm a you know, I'm the t- beginning of the millennial or end of the money. I can't, I don't know what the generation, but I'm a little younger than you are. So I saw the, a lot of these specials right. kind of were disintegrating and not being shown as much. So I don't remember yeah, the American Bass version. As that just, I had a flashback of the Rudolph movie, which I think John Goodman played Santa in that too. Maybe. Rudolph, remember with Whippy Goldberg is like an iceberg villain? Oh, okay. Let me look that one up. <laughs> Which makes me think that, like, Rudolph's in the public domain. He has to be because they made a Rudolph the movie. Yeah, I think um, he is. It's it, but it, much like with the Disney like 
Disney movies with the fairy tales. It's like, yeah, you can make anyone can make a Cinderella movie. You know, Disney right. own it, but you're always going to be compared to that. Yeah, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, starring 1998, starring John Goodman, Whoopi Goldberg, Debbie Reynolds, Richard Simmons, Bob Newhart, Kathleen Barr. Yeah, uh, I do, do not know who he would have been. Um, John Goodman is Santa. Eric Idle is a fox. Bob Newhart is a polar bear, because that's the voice I usually think of coming out of a polar bear. Um, I, I don't know why. I think of him as an elf at Christmas time. Um, yeah, Richard Simmons, it doesn't say what he is, but I'm going to assume they're probably doing a, you know, him as a chipper elf, probably. Man, most likely. That. I forgot he, about that. Oh, I couldn't forget about that. Ugh. Um, and yeah, it says, I'm, I'm looking up Santa on my end. I'm looking up Santa Baby is a 2001. So it actually, it got, Rankin Bass somewhat got into the new millennium. Um, and yeah, it was heavily sp- sponsored by Coca-Cola. That's how they were able to do it. And of course, banking on the song Santa Baby. Um, yeah, they, they, gotta, that's why they went up belly up. They just started running out of Christmas songs. They could do specials around. Uh, unfortunately. Oh, you got that. The, their one Thanksgiving one, which I think I featured on a Thanksgiving list, the mouse and the Mayflower. Yeah. I remember the Halloween one with um, Jack O'Lantern. That was part of a TV show they had when they were trying. Oh to yeah. But that. that was, yeah, that was like them just having, uh, they just would adapt the, again, those sh- classic sh- short stories about, you know, like uh, Cinderella and stuff like that. You no, know, Jules Bass is still alive. What? Yeah. I mean, how old in, is he? Born in, he was born in 1935. So, what is that then? You know, uh, it's getting up or 86, according to Wikipedia. Wow, 86. He's actually younger than some family members. Yeah. So, I that's mean, not bad. Yeah. I mean, Rankin was 10 years older than him. He was born in 24 and died in 2014. Okay. So, but they're both composers and lyricists and authors. Yeah died in bermuda i guess you know hey when you get that old you can retire anywhere you want to go um yeah no it's it's truly sad and that they're no longer around i mean it, it it's like you know, with hanna barbera technically hanna barbera productions no longer exist they just exist as a name owned by yeah. brothers they're like a division basically and it's sad that they weren't bought up and like be having stuff made now you could argue whether the Hanna-Barbera titles are always being treated respectfully now and are good. Um, occasionally they have great stuff coming out. Occasionally they don't. But I would like to still see stuff coming out of the Rankin-Bass kind of style. And I think it just a lot of people don't want to do stop motion anymore because that's eh, a little too expensive. And blah, Well, blah, blah. like I said, there's there's whole studios that apparently just their, their bread and butter is to pop up and produce these special episodes of like community and 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 induced like 30 minute or 20 minutes of stop motion animation yeah um but yeah just to see like a studio consistently putting something out that can be like the you know every year we look forward to this studio doing its new christmas special but um that's the thing of dreams i suppose unfortunately but no, we still have the great library of classic specials that we can go back every year. I mean, I jokingly say I have stress dreams every December that I make it to Christmas. I'm like, oh my god, I didn't watch Frosty or this one, so maybe I don't need to add any more to um, my plate every December to watch. 
just getting gray hair thinking about what Christmas specials. Oh, no, I got to watch the Garfield one now. Uh, yeah, Garfield one's good. Uh, there's, I don't know. I, I, I just watch the Chris, the Christmas specials I watch are the ones that just kind of pop up. Usually, they'll, then a good one will always come around. I don't, I don't uh, really go looking for the old classics a lot. See, I'm a perpetual man child, so I have to watch <laughs> a lot of mine and. Again, with your list, every time you would do one, I'm like, oh, crap, now I got to go download another one. Um, oh, well, <laughs> if you do want a recommendation, there's a good one that's called Noel. That is a great one, yes. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think Canada actually just produced it. I think it's like a, a film association with Canada, and it's just like a Christmas special that Canada made. Um, uh, who, who narrated it? Leslie Nielsen? think so I, yes I, it's been and he i think he yeah i think he's almost pretty much the only voice i mean there there are voices in the show on the in the short but they're like you know more or less kind of like just kind of like sound effects with gasps and and grunts and screams and sighs and stuff like that yeah um yeah, Noel Noel, produced in 2003, starring Leslie Nielsen, and I have no idea who this French person is. Um, it takes me to a Wikipedia article in French, so I'm wondering if that was just, they dubbed them over. Dubbed yeah, them most over. likely. If it, if it airs in Canada, then it airs in France. Yeah, so, and then, yeah, they need the Quebec version and all that. Yeah, the original French version was narrated by this person. Um, yeah, no, I think... Um, for me, you know, classics ever watch every year is the Rudolph and Rankin Bass ones, but I love the garbage Hanna Barbera ones, like the all the fifteen thousand Yogi Bear ones they do every year. Oh yeah, eighties. I my roommates hated me putting Yogi's First Christmas on because they're like, this is like almost two hours long. Like, why? Are we oh yeah, this? I remember getting the VHS as a kid and being like, this is great because usually you buy a VHS as a kid and it's like. 30 minutes long or 20 minutes long because it's like some pilot that that yeah. you know just got shoved out on 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 vhs it's like um you know the mad scientist vhs set or or street yeah. sharks and stuff yeah like street that. sharks or or i'm thinking like lower than that man i'm thinking like what's that one they wanted to make like care bears but they had sunglasses with holographic lenses oh, um and they had like a they had a special you i'm thinking of the the shoe with the white laces they yeah. put that out and it was F -H -E like 20 minutes was that F -H -E? yeah. yeah yeah something and there was like 20 minutes of nothing and then you get to the hannah barbera stuff and they'll put out whole movies that's yeah. why i loved like like santa i mean yogi's first christmas and the reluctant werewolf and yeah and the boo brothers yeah, no, I had a VHS when I was growing up that had a bunch of, like, the Hanna-Barbera, like, the short ones, like, um, The Town Santa Forgot is a classic. Um, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And um, had one of the adaptations of, like, Christmas Every Day, and I can't remember, like, what the third one was. But, um, yeah, no, I just love those, like, weird little, you know, forgotten things that you see, that you saw one time back, like, in the mid-90s. I'm like, you know, in my case, I'm on the Canadian border, so... We'd get a lot of Canadian sta stations. So I'd be like, "Oh, what's that one weird Canadian cartoon I watched as a kid?" Um, but yeah, it's it's always great. Christmas has a lot of fun um, fun elements to it, and makes you feel all warm and gooey inside every year. Yeah, it does. Sure does. 
So, all right. Well, I just want to thank CR for coming on by. Um, you know, we hope you guys had as much fun doing this as I had recording it with him, and hopefully he had fun doing it as well. I had a wonderful time. It was wonderful to revisit this classic and uh, uh, see it from different a different perspective with new stuff to it. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everyone, and you know, hope to see you all again in the next time around. Merry Christmas and uh, the best to you all. Mr. Green Christmas, I missed the sun. I missed the heat blister, I missed the 101. They call me heat miser, whatever I touch, stops the melt in my club.